Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. We have everything from cuddly animals to mustaches and gunfights to scary monsters this week. Welcome to the screening room. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from MadWolf.com. Back in the screening room to run down the new releases out on theaters and uh, on home video this week. And we start with Disney. It's the latest from their Disney Nature division for Earth Day. The new one's called Born in China. What's really magnificent about the footage is how incredibly difficult it is to get that footage. The Qinghai Plateau is 14 to 16,000 feet high. Most mammals couldn't exist there, but for the snow leopard and a select few number of uh, animals, it's their home. The mountains of Sichuan, where the monkeys and pandas live, is pure cinematic magic. The headline here is Baby Pandas. <laughs> Does anything make you happier? Is there anything on earth that makes a person happier than a baby panda? They could have called this movie Baby Pandas and uh, gotten the attention. Of course, you'll see it, you see it a lot in the posters and the trailers. Yeah, there's Baby Pandas and there's other baby animals and there's just a succession of incredible visual images. Um as the title would suggest, they, they go do this. inside they do this. China. Yeah, they do this every year, Disney Nature does. Mm -hmm. You know, they pick an area of the world and you get to explore. And they're usually very secluded, hard to get to, mountainous or, you know. And also then they, they choose one or two or three little animal packs, individual characters basically to yeah. follow. Yeah. I think the more successful of these have been, they've limited the animals they followed. So you really just have one, maybe two. I think part of... What started to weaken this one is you have four mm -hmm. animal packs that you're following. Yeah, this one does have some incredible visuals. It really, it really does. does. Yeah, it I does. mean, and it's worth jumping ahead a little bit to go right to talk about the end credits. I mean, over the end credits, they do sort of a split screen and they show some behind the scenes footage of, of getting some of this, so, some of these um, pictures. And it is, it's just incredible. At times, you can't believe you're so close to these animals' habitats. The snow leopards in particular. And how they're living. Yeah. You know, they're so well known for being incredibly hard to document and find. Yeah. There was that whole section in the in Ben Stiller's right. remake of, of Walter Mitty That's where right. Sean Penn is there just being very quiet, trying to capture one picture of the elusive snow leopard. <laughs> yeah, you get to see, you get to go inside these animals' worlds and, and, and how they live, their little ecosystems, the incredible landscapes. Oh, yeah. It really is an incredibly beautiful, uh, photographed movie. And, and you're right, it, it focuses on these four packs of animals. You've got the pandas. Yay. You've got the snow leopards. You've got a gigantic herd of antelope. Sort of chiru. Chiru, I think they're called. And then you've got some monkeys, right? Uh, a group of monkeys. So, and it does kind of follow the well-worn path of the seasons. Uh, yep. As many of these have done. So, okay. And and as you've mentioned before, the circle of life. It's a little heavy-handed with the circle of life. Yeah, I think the thing that weakens this movie is the narration and the really simplistic, overly sometimes manipulative path that it takes. It seems geared to me toward the youngest, not only of the animals, but the youngest of the audience members. Yeah, yeah. as we said, I mean, it, it, it tries a little too hard 
it tells you, John Krasinski, a narrator, not that it's his fault, somebody else wrote this, but it tells you so often her greatest hope is she yeah. loves nothing more than, and I did, eventually I just wanted you to stop telling me what this animal was loving, thinking, feeling, hoping, because because yeah. they're not and you don't know it. Just show me this fascinating well, story. Well, that's the thing. It, it, not, it didn't take really too long with this narration for me to start thinking, how would this movie have been with no narration yeah. at all, just music? It would have been amazing. Uh, because, yeah, they start off, they give the animals names, yeah. little cutesy names, okay. And then, you're right, they give them thoughts and give them possible motivations. And it seemed to me they were trying to, to make them glorified cartoon characters from an animated blockbuster to get like the kids to go buy the toy. They were just trying too hard to give each little pack of animals a, a story that they were telling. And, and and in some cases, as you mentioned in your review, it almost looked like maybe they used manipulative editing to, to give it that story. Yeah, I think there are at least a couple sequences in this movie where I, I don't know, I can't prove it, but it seems like there could be selective editing to make what happened even more dramatic sure. than it might have might have been. Right. There's one particularly when a baby monkey is targeted by a bird of prey and then the bird of prey swoops off to maybe go grab that monkey. And yeah, that one is boy, it does seem really heavily edited and controlled to get the little ones like the little one by me in the screening to go, oh no, oh yes. no, oh no. And that was a weakness. And there is some circle of life realities. I mean, yes. they do deal with the predatory nature of the wild, but yet there's no blood. No. And uh, they're... And that's probably okay. That's okay. You know, it is okay. I mean, I think the way they shot everything, what, as you said, God, it was so beautiful. Ooh, it you know, really and was. again, the baby panda, I'm telling you, <laughs> there's nothing funnier than this panda that just keeps falling down a hillside. I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah, and it, one, of the, one of the funny things, too, is the contrast between the baby panda and the baby Chiru, the antelope. <laughs> I think it said the Chiru comes out of the womb standing in, what, 30 minutes? Right, 30 seconds. Thir can walk within 30 seconds. And then running in a day. Right. And then this panda just takes its sweet old time. Yeah, and, they, and it is a funny, <laughs> it is a funny bit because they cut directly to this baby panda who's months and months and months old, can, can do nothing. Can't stand up, can't roll over, just, yeah. just lays there looking cute. <laughs> yeah. We just can't stress enough how great the visuals in this movie are and definitely make it worth seeing but it, it to me it is geared toward uh, younger audience members everything made as simplistic as possible and really the narration and the possible manipulative nature of the storytelling weaken the overall movie almost to the degree where you can hardly call it a documentary yeah in some cases it was disappointing but uh, for sure recommended for the visuals also the IMAX version is available mm. uh, and recommended because boy just just majestic and incredible the way they were able to get their cameras there and so intimate this no leopard stuff in particular oh, is just amazing it really it's just is amazing that they could they could get in there like they did really is so still worth seeing but be prepared for some uh, possibly annoying uh, narration and uh, that's born in china the latest from disney nature next up is the latest from a director that we like one of our favorites it is set in boston in 1978 so you got me right there it's a <laughs> meeting in a deserted warehouse between two gangs that turns into a shootout and a game of survival in free fire check out the merch that's not what he ordered really we ordered m16s different weapon i'm not running a pizza delivery service you want the weapons or you don't want the weapons? Oh, I'm a 
Here we go. <laughs> oh, now we're cooking. Somehow that description doesn't sound as funny as the movie is. <laughs> this true. is a surprisingly funny, funny movie. It is. With quirky characters that say and do quirky things in a movie that surprised me by how, I don't want to say how little it did, but by how tight its focus was. Mm -hmm. I said this in my review. when I The very first note I took watching the screener was, this is a ballsy act one. And then <laughs> and then like 10 minutes later, I wrote, wait, there is no act one. Uh, this is it. This is it. The entire film is basically what in another movie would be act three. That you get maybe five minutes of the characters meeting in a parking lot and then they go into this warehouse and then it starts, they start firing Things. and that is the next 90 minutes of the film. Yeah, what struck me is that it almost seemed like Ben Wheatley, again, who's a, a filmmaker that we, uh, we have liked for years now, must have seen a rerun or a, a must have sat down and watched again Reservoir Dogs and <laughs> in that final confrontation yeah. in that warehouse said, you know what, I'm just going to base a movie right here <laughs> exactly. like this and expand this out with my own weird set of ne'er-do-wells. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exa that is exactly what it makes you feel like if, if the, that last act of Reservoir Dogs had taken up the entire film. So obviously you get you don't get a lot of context, you don't get a lot of backstory, uh, and you don't get a lot of character development, but... <clears throat> You, but you do you get do. characters. You, you do. Get characters. It, it just, it's just that it, all of it, it happens under fire. It reveals itself under fire. And and uh, Cheryl Toe Copley, who's not really a favorite of mine, because I think he overacts, but he's perfect for this role. He's yeah, sort agree. of a comic element and a bit of a loose cannon. And it's the, one of the best descriptions in the movie. When he's introduced... Brie Larson says over her shoulder, he was misdiagnosed as a child genius that he's never gotten over it. And it's just perfect. Yeah. And uh, and she's great. Brie Larson is great. And Army Hammer, Army Hammer. He, he nails this role. He's he really so, does. He's just this laid back, pot smoking, very funny, charming guy. Who, no matter how intense things get, he just takes a real laid back attitude. Hey, Unruffleable. chill out. Unflappable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's natally dressed before mm -hmm. uh, things get a little bit bloody. But yeah, like you said, there's not character development, but there are characters. Not only uh, Charlotte Copley and Army Hammer and Brie Larson and you've got Killian Murphy and Michael Smiley. who He's a Ben Wheatley favorite. You'd recognize his kind of Big yeah. potato face. He's great. <laughs> He's great in everything. And if you don't know Ben Wheatley off the top of your head, he did a movie called Kill List that Which we, we love. love. He did Sightseers, a, Sightseers that, we love. that we love. These are smaller movies. Um, he got a little bit more big budget here a couple of years ago with High Rise right, with which, Tom Hiddleston. Which we both liked very much. That's a hard movie to make. Yeah, I think and you might have liked it more bit, than I did. The, I think the product was more wobbly than people expected from him, yeah. and I think it gave him a little bit of a knock. But he's know? one of those directors that, to us, is always interesting. What's he doing? What's he up to? Exactly. And uh, this one is a bit of a bit of a left turn. And for me, it maybe took a little bit of getting used to. But once I was in, right. once I was in with right. it, it is. It's a it's a crazy ride. Once you know what this is, like you said, this is not Act One. This is all of it. Now, technically, technically, this this has absolutely nothing in common with Fury Road. Not at all. So don't. Ex I'm not. But but the only complaint I ever heard about the film Fury Road, which we both adore, the Mad Max, right? is that it's basically just a car chase. Mm -hmm. So if, if you hated Fury Road because it's basically just a car chase, you're not going to like Free Fire because it is just a gunfight. That's all it is. I, I still don't understand that that don't uh, complaint about Fury Road. Really? <laughs> all right. Yeah, this is it is just a, a shootout, but there is 
context. Oh, I there's mean, so much going on. You're trying to figure out who's on whose side and who hired those other guys that are hiding in the yep. back yep. and who's going to get out alive yep. and why does this guy hate this guy and there's some backstory. So, yeah, and you are given little bits of information as it goes along and uh, the actors do a great job they carving do. out actual little characters. Yeah, actual mm-hmm. characters from very almost non-existent character development. You get a little bit as you go along and try and they're to they're fu- so funny. And they it is. There's there's it's I mean, funny. It's, it's a bloody wicked funny, but it's funny. Oh yeah, it's it's dark comedy, but it, it it's fast moving and hang on for the ride and uh, the the title is very apt. It's free fire. Yep. I mean, you don't know when when people are just going to go off and start shooting and why and who and who's going to be left standing. We'll leave that to you and that is Ben Wheatley's Free Fire uh, that we recommend. Both of us recommend this week. And speaking of a director we love, Nacho Vigalongo. You may not have heard of him. But I love his name. That's right. But he's got a new film this coming out this week in limited release with Anne Hathaway that we are excited about called Colossal. A woman discovers that severe catastrophic events are somehow connected to the mental breakdown from which she is suffering. The unprecedented nature of this phenomenon. Look at that tangle. You know you're watching something that's going to change the course of history. Thing appeared. Same place. Exact same place. But it just made a bunch of weird hand gestures. I'm gonna show you guys something. It's dancing. It's dancing like. <laughs> Holy shit. To keep it cool. Oh my god, these people are looking at us. She's the monster. This writer-director, 10 years ago, it's been 10 years now. It's crazy. Since he did a movie we love called Time Crimes. Watch it. Find it. Watch it. It is a really <laughs> mind-bending, time-travel, sci-fi, crazy, whacked-out mystery. And we loved it. Loved it. And since then, I, I was looking at his uh, resume. He's only done one other feature in those 10 years. He's wow. done a lot of TV episodes and a lot of shorts and some episodes and things like VHS and things like that. Right, right. But uh, he's back probably with more of a high-profile movie than he's had really ever. Well, Uh, I mean, you know, a cast like this. Yeah, a cast like this. And uh, Anne Hathaway, is she's fantastic. And she stars as Gloria, kind of a New York party girl, frequently drunk, doesn't want to admit it, and she finally, she loses her job, and she doesn't get the wake-up call, but she does get the boot from her longtime live-in boyfriend. So... She ends up going back to her hometown to try to reassess things, and she reconnects with an old childhood friend, Oscar, played by Jason Sudeikis, who once again is solid. He's building a nice resume of roles here. Agreed. Uh, and though this one, I this one is a, a very dark comedy, but there's definitely some dramatic touches to this character, and he does a fine job. And he owns a bar in the hometown, and so he offers uh, Gloria. A part-time job, and then, oh, what's this? In the headlines, in the videos, there's a monster, a gigantic monster on the loose in Seoul, Korea, on the other side of the world. And through some crazy realizations, Gloria starts to realize that she's controlling that monster through the her actions and the things that she does. And <laughs> it's that's crazy. And it is an, <laughs> an incredibly high concept and one that, does have some moments where it starts to go off the rails, but he's he's got a concept here that has some some bite to it. It's got some real, as I mentioned, some real black comedy to it, some satirical edges about self-absorption, 
about battling personal demons today, about self-realization and things like that. And it just, it's so committed to the concept that once you make it through those those moments, maybe in the middle that start to waver a little bit, it, one, the way he finds his way out is really great and, and makes it worthwhile. And in the end, makes it a very positive, I think a positive experience, and plus the uh, performances. Uh, not only Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis, but the, the uh, supporting cast, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, who's nice. a great supporting actor, pops up. And you get just this crazy world where you have to... F- to focus on the fact that, okay, yes, they are treating this. This is not some sort of uh, imaginary monster. This is really happening. And why is it happening in Seoul, Korea? And, wh- and and why, when this monster shows up to wreak havoc downtown, why do these Koreans not leave? Why do they keep coming back every time <laughs> they know it's going to show up again? They're committed to see it through to the end just sort of as this movie is and it becomes yeah I don't want to give away too much because once the the backstory of the history of the monster starts getting revealed and there's a backstory there's a shared history between uh, Oscar and Gloria when they were kids and uh, and all that starts bringing some some information to light but at its base it's still very personal about these characters and how they are and what they're deluding themselves into about themselves and each other and and so that's where the heart of the film is as much as this concept is nutty um it's got some like i said it's got some bite to it and it's got some smarts to it and some very dark humor about it too so um as long as you know what what you're in for it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea at all uh it's going to be they're going to be some people left very mystified mm-hmm. uh, by where this movie is going and what it's trying to say. But uh, I liked it a lot. I think the performances uh, definitely keep it rolling when it starts to waver in its in its message a little bit. But uh, I liked it a lot. And it's called Colossal. Again, I think a limited release. Yeah. But uh, I have seen Anne Hathaway doing a lot of the shows, a lot mm-hmm. of promoting for it. So it might be maybe maybe a little larger than uh, than we think, at least getting out to a lot of the country. So definitely worth checking out, and that is called Colossal. New on home video this week, streaming and DVD and Blu-ray, couple of good ones. One that we like, the latest from M. Night Shyamalan, Split, featuring a wonderful lead performance from James McAvoy. Which, now, I've always been a McAvoy fan. You have not so much, but no. he, he has to impress everybody in this movie. He is great. He drives the movie, and it's uh, a, about a very troubled Young man, 23 personalities, I believe it was, 23? I think so. Who ends up kidnapping some young girls. And hopefully, if you haven't seen it, you haven't got the ending spoiled. Right. Because you know it's M. Night. You know he's probably going to save a little left hook for the end. And he does. And I sure didn't see it coming. And I loved it. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. We like that a lot. And then you liked also the other one coming out this week, The Founder. Yeah, The Founder, again, a movie driven by a great lead performance by Michael Keaton. And he stars as Ray Kroc, who, as you may know, is the man credited with being the founder of McDonald's. And this movie uh, sets out to tell the story that, well, maybe he's not the founder, but maybe he did do some things that took advantage of the McDonald brothers and their restaurants in California. And uh, it's it's an interesting story. It's not really a great movie. It's a solid movie, but it's a really great performance by Michael Keaton as Ray Kroc and a great 
piece of piece of history and pop culture because what's more more recognizable around the world right. than the Golden Arches? Right. So it's a, it's a uniquely American story and driven by a great lead performance called The Founder. So it's funny, next week, box office records have been blown to smithereens for March and April, primarily because of Beauty and the Beast and Fast and the Furious 8. Yeah. And so now it seems like when we have a, a weekend like this current weekend with a lot of smaller movies, mm-hmm. which is pretty normal, really, for April, you're like, huh, I wonder what the big blockbuster is next week. Well, I, I think it's going to be another smattering of interesting smaller movies. Yeah, until the release in early May of Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. 2. We've got some, you heard of that one? No, I think I have. <laughs> We've got some smaller ones uh, that next week include. One that looks interesting, um, Tom Hanks and Emma Watson in a movie called The Circle. Yeah, yeah, that does. It's got sort of a Google gets really omnipresent and evil feel about it, <laughs> yeah. which they could do. Yeah, they could do it. And also a, one that looks to me like maybe a sort of a take on a superhero movie. Kind of a superhero slash horror movie, called, maybe, which looks good to me. Yeah, it's called Slight. So that's coming out next weekend. And also How to Be a Latin Lover. Which looks it does, looks awful, doesn't it? It does look awful. It looks but, awful, but we'll know, keep an open mind. We will. So that's coming next week. And if you got some thoughts on anything this week, uh, let us know. We always love to keep the conversation going on Twitter. You can find us at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, on Facebook. We are Mad Wolf Columbus. And, of course, to get the full written reviews, of all these movies and more, you can check out our main website, which is madwolf.com. And the Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and madwolf.com. And until next week, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.